Welcome to Conversation Mill. My name is Rebecca Dale and I am the host of the show. I have a passion for sharing how the creation of thriving local economies benefits us all. I'm fascinated by how we come together to form our communities on a macro and micro scale and how our histories and stories when shared can not only motivate and inspire, but can facilitate understanding. As our communities, large and small, bring back a more progressive Main Street, individuals are stepping out to pursue their passions and local leaders are pushing back against corporate greed. It's time to engage these community leaders and small business owners in conversation. What are the driving forces behind their courage and success and how can we continue to build communities that embrace diversity, support the local economy, and create a healthy ecosystem for the culture at large? Join us now in conversation. This conversation was such a joy to have, and I think you're really going to have a blast listening in to Laura, Alex, and I laugh and share stories and get off on tangents um, and talk about marriage and relationships, which you would not expect from a podcast about skincare. But Alex and Laura take us along on their journey to building this business and what drove them to this all-natural homesteading lifestyle. Please join us now in conversation. Let's start, I guess, kind of at the beginning. Where did the idea for Sawyer's Sawyer Naturals come from? So I would say for for both of us, we started doing a lot of homesteading and we're paying more attention to what we were eating and what we were consuming. And we kind of had this realization of while we're eating all this organic food and really taking care, what we thought was taking great care of our bodies, we were basically taking a chemical bath from the moment we got up to the moment we got, we went to bed and it just kind of clicked. Like there has to be a better way as far as skincare and, uh, Laura did research. What, what was the statistic that you came across? 80% of what you put on your body will be consumed in your skin in 26 seconds. So within 26 seconds, when you put that lotion, we put that body scrub on, it's going to absorb into your skin, which is terrifying if you are using the wrong stuff <laughs> yeah and so the question was like how what got us started it was like wait a second our skin is our biggest organ we should probably do something about this and it kind of sent us both down the rabbit hole of like what are we putting on our skin and are there good options available and for mm-hmm. us it was like while there are all these people throwing around natural and organic as like these buzzwords you flip the you flip the labels over and it's like i don't i don't i don't <laughs> trust this this is not this is not natural and so i'm like i can do better yeah and i have done better yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what um you mentioned starting to kind of d- homesteading and that sort of lifestyle what pushed you into that uh there was a podcast i started listening to way back in the day called the survival podcast. Mm -hmm. And it was homesteading was a huge element. And a big part of it was that that really impacted me was all the forgotten skills that we've Mm -hmm. lost or not necessarily lost, but just everybody has been automated. almost. Yeah. Yeah. Like you push this button, she pushes that button. And as long as everybody is pushing their button, every the the machine keeps going. And something he said on the podcast was the grocery store has two days worth of groceries on the shelves mm. and that's it. And it doesn't have to be, be the end of the world as we know it. The, it could right. just be a bad ice storm. I, granted, we're from Ohio, so <laughs> ice storms happen. Yeah. Thankfully, we don't have to worry about that in South Carolina, but truckers could go on strike and all of a sudden the groceries are gone in two days. And I started kind of like opening the pantry, like we don't have a pantry. Like (laughs) we should probably start stocking up. And with that came the garden. And like there were, at that time I saw like multiple recalls on spinach, like even Mm -hmm. organic spinach was having salmonella outbreaks. And I'm like, 
we should take more control of what we're eating. And so that's kind of what started the homestead. Yeah. That's that's such a great reason because I think on the mainland, having lived in Hawaii, out there, food security is a really important topic, right? Because if boats don't come and they're shipping in, depending on who you ask or who's doing the study, 80 to 90 percent of their food, uh, there's a really big problem, right? So food security is always top of mind for them out there and and pushes to support small farms. But here, we don't really think that way because we forget that even though it's being shipped across land, right. a lot of food is still being shipped in. Absolutely. So if California decides to stop letting trucks go across the border, and that's where you get your avocados and your lemons and your citrus from, then what? Or if Florida's like, nope, you can't sell oranges out of state anymore. Like, who knows, right? Like, right. crazier yeah. things have happened. <laughs> like, what What? What do we do? Like, how do you ever get an orange again? Or how do you grow that spinach that's only coming from Mexico? No doubt. And there's such a disconnect, like being at the farmer's market year after year. People will complain, where are the tomatoes mm. at the very first farmer's market? And it's like, you can be the best farmer on planet Earth. You're not getting a vine ripened tomato in south carolina till if you're real good july like mm -hmm. beginning of july maybe the end of june but people there's this disconnect well my grocery store has it i was gonna say we've had the luxury of grocery stores having everything that we want at all times yeah and eating seasonal is like a part of it too because that's how humans ate before they had to eat seasonally. So especially those of us from the Midwest, like they were eating more meat in the winter and more fresh, fresh like more vegetables in the summer. And it, it's it's interesting when we don't need to dive deep in it today per se, but the impacts on bodies and nutrition and like maybe the constitution of those people versus how we are now because of how they were eating. For right? sure. For yeah. sure. I mean, we've we've gone down that rabbit hole a little bit as far as what's the proper human diet? Mm. What do our bodies react best to? And uh, one of our friends that's an herbalist, he's he's dead set on the seasonality. And if it's in season, eat as much of it as you want. But if it's out of season and it's not grown in your area, stay away from it. And There's I mean, some logic to it. I mean, yeah, there's, the, the, yeah. there's so many camps to sit in, but but if I want some avocado toast in <laughs> right. the middle of the winter, I'm going to get it. Right. <laughs> I will I will enjoy some of the modern day accoutrements that, yeah. that we get. So. Yeah. And there's definitely nothing wrong with that for sure. Like we do have the technology. Like, it's there. And it, there's nothing wrong about, like you said, having an avocado in winter when you live in South Carolina, right? But also what are the impacts of that? But being aware of like sure. what that means for you to get it kind of and I'm really going down a rabbit hole here. But it, the, it also the impact of all our technology is like people in third world countries having to mine those minerals. So right. How do we ever get away from that? Right. Like, or how do we get away from people getting paid pennies on the dollar to pick those avocados that get here? So again, you know, that food security, but also the human impact of that. Right. Exactly. The ethics that go along with mm -hmm. it and just and then like. If it is coming from a third world country, how many hands did it touch? Like there's so many, so many places that it could have been contaminated or not, mm -hmm. not hit some sort of health standard. It's like. If it for, goes from our garden. It yeah. from like, our garden to our house. So we're very <laughs> in control of what's I plant, <laughs> I plant the seed. I water the seed. I don't spray any pesticides. It's like, this is as, as clean organic, beyond organic as you can get. So. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure there's going to be people listening that go, yeah, that's great idea. But like, I'm too busy to plant a garden in my backyard. Like I'm too busy to do a raised bed with my, you know, top three vegetables that I eat. Because that's kind of like my mindset is like, if you're going to start, start with what you like. If you like tomatoes, then plant those in your garden box out back if you live in town. I love basil and mint and rosemary and things to cook with. Right. And so like, if you can just start with that, start with that. But what would you say or what maybe what was your situation when you started, I guess, backyard farming? How did you manage the time of it? Um, I'm kind of an all or nothing kind of guy, <laughs> okay. as, as Laura can testify to. And so there were many times where I'm like weeding in the middle of summer. I'm just 
been annihilated by mosquitoes. I'm like, why are we doing this? Green beans are 90 cents a pound. Like, right, right. So um, there's, I, I've, with age comes wisdom, right? And mm -hmm. so I think as, as we've gone through year by year, I've gotten better at finding more of a balance. Honestly, this is the smallest garden we've ever had because- mm -hmm. I realized like for us, we don't eat that many tomatoes. Right. Why am I going to grow tomatoes? If I want to make bruschetta, I'll get some tomatoes from my buddies at the farmer's market. Right. I'm going to focus on what we eat. And so. I think that's what it is. I think in general, whether it's growing a garden or even when people come into our booth with the, uh, with the skincare, it's like just it's simple steps. So like you said, if you're loving tomatoes and you have a tomato every day you like that tomato sandwich that people love in the south yeah <laughs> like grow tomatoes and everything else you're gonna buy but like you're just gonna go with tomatoes and so it's just that like and then next year you may say okay well now i want to do bruschetta so i'm gonna do a little basil so you're gonna do that and every year you kind of build on and it's not so overwhelming because if you're all or nothing and you throw it all in just like exercise you're gonna be like oh my gosh what did i do this Ugh, i'm done and mm -hmm. instead of being like, let me take baby steps and do one thing at a time. I think that's. Yeah. What's one what's one thing you can do? And like we look at each other now and we laugh because we're we're the crunchy people now. <laughs> but we sure didn't start out crunchy. Yeah. When we first got married. We lived in a one bedroom apartment. We didn't have a homestead. We didn't have we didn't have a raise. We didn't have anything. And none a of, cement pad outside. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. None of this was on the radar. And so but like step by step it's mm -hmm. like okay let's let's eliminate this or let's add this to our diet and it's like now now like my mom comes over and she's like she just gives me these big eyes of like you guys who eat, are you who are you <laughs> yeah. like are you still my son and it's like yeah mom but like it's been like incremental like okay it's just developing habits uh yeah. I read uh, Atomic Habits uh, mm -hmm. two years ago, I think, and just kind of those adding a habit. And once it, once you add it and get used to it, it's like, okay, I can do this every day. And then you add that next and just stack it, stacking habits. I love stacking that. Stacking habits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you brought up to like gr grow whatever maybe that your favorite thing is, right? Tomatoes in this case, but and then buy the rest. And I would add to that of like, buy the rest from a local farm, because yes. that's where the food security comes in. Like, not everybody wants to be a farmer. That's cool. Support the people that do and want to do it right. Versus that also will force the grocery stores to carry more local farmers versus farmers from across the country. But every little bit helps. Absolutely. And I don't know about you guys, but when I was... um shopping at the the Traveler's Rest Farmer's Market where you guys are often, I would spend about the same there as I would if I went to the grocery store and bought my vegetables because I'm either buying organic in the grocery store and so the cost was the same right. or the, the product from the grocery store was going bad faster. So I was buying twice as much mm -hmm. as I would at the farmer's market. Right. Because a lot of those groceries that are organic are coming from California. Mm -hmm. A lot of our produce here comes from California. So it's like, how many days was it on the road? So right. yeah, you're absolutely, absolutely right in that. And it is hard. I mean, Alex does most of our gardening in our house and it's like the times I've been outside helping him. It is hard. Yeah. So if there are people who are willing to do that for their job, like I appreciate them. So yeah, I'm all about like, let's support the local <laughs> who are outside, sweat of their brow, growing food for us. Yeah. And that kind of takes me back to what you guys are doing in your products, because it's the same principle of if you want to use a natural skincare product or hair care product, yeah, you could go on Amazon and like Google natural product and do some research and, and e it might even be a small business. But again, you might be buying from a small business in Portland versus a small business in your backyard that's selling a comparable or better product. So talk to me a little bit about setting up a business in a local community and how you start to build that relationship? I think it comes down to like relationships. Mm -hmm. Like Laura and I are both super relational. Mm -hmm. And we've said like, even if we grow our empire and are shipping all over the US one day, it's like, we'll probably do the traveler's rest market for the rest of our lives because mm -hmm. that re those relationships are so important to us. People aren't just numbers there's a story between be behind each person and i think what's so rewarding about what we do it's like 
we get personally interact with these people that have sought a natural deodorant that actually works for years. That was our experience. She was reading up on like how toxic our antiperspirants are. And then we started trying all these natural deodorants and it's like, I stink worse than anything. <laughs> like I say, sometimes it smells like hot garbage by the end of the day. So I was over it. <laughs> and, and so like, we know we've helped ourselves, but man, it is so rewarding when our customers come back to us and it's like, I didn't believe you, but that works. You have a customer for life or like, mm -hmm. what was the, the one uh, testimony that one lady gave us she before said, her wedding? Oh yeah. She said like, she finally, she's starting to use her face care and it cleared <laughs> up her face for her and her issues. And she said like, I can finally walk down the aisle oh. beaming with confidence to meet my soon to be groom. And I was like, Yay. Like, I'm so glad. That, that is so cool. It is awesome. And then we had another customer who said that, thank you, that we can trust my can trust my family with mm. with your stuff. And that to us is our huge thing is integrity. We want our customers to know the faces you see at the market, the faces you see on social media are who's making your products. Mm -hmm. And not only are we making, but we care truly about because we know people trust us. And we want yeah. that. And that just kind of solidifies and just makes me want to like dig in deeper and like, how big can we grow this? Because mm -hmm. like, quality is going to always come first for us because first and foremost we're we created Sawyer Naturals for us yeah like, it wasn't like we had this grandiose business idea we just Started wanted good skincare <laughs> for ourselves and so yeah. I guess it's out of a selfish desire for <laughs> to get the best but just when you hear like I can trust this with my family the gravity of that's yeah. really really humbling that's an incredible compliment yeah yeah so let's back up or I guess fill in the blank of what are the products that you create and have right now for sale? So deodorant's our number one seller. Is that I'm, how I'm wearing it right now. Well, thank you. I took a shower before you that came and then I put my deodorant on. I love it so much. That That's definitely our number one seller. And that's like my proudest product. It mm -hmm. literally took me close to a year to develop. Wow. And we smelled each other's armpits more times than I care to admit. I was like, that's true love. To smell yeah. a nasty armpit after you work out. Like that is true love to stay with. But yeah. It is. Because... <laughs> When I first, like, when you first get on the inter internet, it's, oh, I like, there'll, there's plenty of recipes on Pinterest for sure. natural deodorants. I'm like, I made it and okay, we applied it. And it's like, cool, it smells good. And we go to the gym to test it out. It's like, Ugh. this ain't as easy yeah. as, as Pinterest <laughs> makes it sound. Uh, so that's like our, our number one seller. Soap was actually our gateway drug into, mm -hmm. into the skincare game because. I, I tell my customers, like, if there's one thing that you can do that impacts you more than anything, it's soap because right. you use it every day. And all and over your body. So. At least most people do. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> but yeah, and then I uh, another product we came up with, I, I told Alex I wanted to age gracefully because mm -hmm. I know people do a lot of things I don't. I just want to use all natural stuff and age as gracefully as I can. And so we came up with our three-step skincare, mm -hmm. which is our brown sugar face scrub. And then in the morning, you follow it up with a face serum, and at night, you follow it up with a night balm. So just a great moisturizer, has great um, properties in it for anti-aging um, and moisturizing. And then we also have hand salves and body butters, shampoo bars. A, be a huge beard line. I don't know if you saw any of our posts, but I yeah, am I mean, shaven, I'm a but... little bummed that you shaved your beard before this, but <laughs> two years growing it out. But yeah, that was a fun I way to... <laughs> I loved seeing you guys do it at the market and everybody being able to cut pieces off. That was so fun to watch. Like usually, I only grow it for a year, then I'll go clean shaven for a year. But that was two years of growth. I told her, I'm like, I. It's about time. To, I think I'm ready. Like it's driving me nuts. It's summertime. Yeah. I need a I need a clean shave. But we're like, what can we do to make this fun? And there yeah. again, like, how can we interact with our community? And we we had a blast with it. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. What um talk to me a little bit about what's different in your products than maybe other natural solutions out there. And I know it's different because this is like my little testimonial is larger chain stores or even it doesn't even need to be a larger chain store. Sometime I've bought the quote unquote natural deodorant and had my armpits get rashy. 
Right. And he, and I'm like, oh, well, this was now this is triply worse because I'm like sweating. I smell and it hurts like right. and it's right. red like and I can't wear a tank top. So what what is and obviously don't give away any secrets. Right. But like what's so different that you guys are doing that some of these national companies aren't doing? Yeah. A lot of your big dogs in the game, like it's always profits over anything. And I get that people are building businesses. They have to keep the lights on, but, and it's been, it's been interesting for us. Cause it's like, we, even in the, even though our business is not huge by any means, we've had multiple crossroads already of where, okay, if I use this oil or this, this butter or whatever, we can cut down the price but it has the, it's it's not as quality mm-hmm. like our soap for instance like we had someone remark at the farmers market a couple of weeks ago like you guys are more expensive but your your soap's my favorite and mm-hmm. i'm like that's cuz i'm using avocado oil which like i've thought about taking that out cuz that adds a lot of lot of cost to us but i'm mm-hmm. like it also adds an extra layer to our soap that makes it better so we all anytime there's a crossroad where we can choose quality over price, we're gonna choose quality every time. And my big thing is is when I go to the store, because I'm always like marketing, I'm always looking if it says natural or organic, I will always yeah. go over and I will look at a label. I might not even want the product. I just want to look at the label. Yeah. And I'm always disappointed most of the time, not every time, but most of the time because I'll sneak in one thing. So it's like mm. that everything. It's great. And then they have one thing about it. I'm like, that is not natural. But somehow you've finagled it and you can still say natural or you can still say organic. And right. even some of the big time, all natural again, hold those loosely, <laughs> right. deodorants. Some of them, I literally had to Google every ingredient because I was like, I don't even know what this ingredient is. Yeah. Where you flip over ours, you're like, tapioca starch, <laughs> avocado oil. Oh, these are actually like legit things you could find. And so yeah. I think that's the huge difference for us is Yes, like Alex said, we could go a cheaper route, mm-hmm. but because honestly we're using it and we know people trust us, we will never we always say you can always trust us. We will never put something in that is not high quality. Right. If we if we would not feel comfortable using it, we're not mm-hmm. gonna put it in our products. Um we always say like if we went out of business tomorrow, I'm still making everything that we make because we <laughs> right? use we it use every it. day. And natural is not a regulated term, which I'm okay with our company's name is Sawyer Naturals. Like <laughs> right. we we've embraced the natural side, and we're kind of, we're with that. We want to kind of take that back and really mm. embrace what it does mean to be natural. Because it because it's not regulated, you can slap natural on anything and then fill it with whatever chemical concoction you come up with. Right, which is very scary like we have you you have to flip it over and read the label you cannot just trust that it because it says natural you're not going to have rashy armpits (laughs) it's sad that you have to do that now yeah you have to be very on on guard and understand what you're reading and you have to be you have to research what is it like working together as a husband and wife team awesome <laughs> as we say in Houston no. <laughs> um it, it really ha- it's been awesome uh mm-hmm. it's our whole marriage the heart when when we both were working like nine to five jobs the hardest time of the week was Sunday night mm. man I'm not gonna get to spend like we would see each other like in passing throughout the week but I've always I've had two jobs for our pretty much our entire marriage. Yeah. So I would I would work during the day and then wait tables at night. And so we knew we wouldn't see each other much until the weekend again. And so our whole marriage was like, what can we do together? Yeah. This whole leaving each other stinks. Like, <laughs> let's do something together. So that it's been awesome. It has. And uh I would say uh it's grown our marriage because the first, we'd say like six months. When I so I quit corporate America two and a half years ago, okay. and I was all in uh, Sawyer Naturals. My husband Alex, of course, is already working full time on it. I was kind of part time on it, and I would say that it has drawn us closer because it forced us to communicate in a different way. Like mm. at first, we were communicating as husband and wife. We had that down. It was awesome. Loved it. And then all of a sudden, it was like, well, now we're going to switch our hats to business partners. 
instead of just husband and wife. And so it just, it made us have to dig deeper and have conversations that probably normal married couples don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> just yeah. to really, and it was hard at times to to really be able to, as Alex, we just talked about this earlier. It's kind of like, we're not brain, what do we say? You're not a a brain reader. Mind reader. Mind reader. Yeah. Mind reader. Yeah. <laughs> I'll read your brain, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but we both had that, like, I thought he would do certain things or he thought I would do certain things in the business. And so it was kind of like sitting down and having conversations weekly of, okay, sorry, I had that expectation. We got to be better at sharing with those expectations with each other. But through it, like, it has just made our marriage even stronger on the other side. It's like, I, I made the analogy of like lifting weights to Laura earlier. Like mm. you lift heavier weights to get stronger. And we we had this awesome marriage for 13 years of like, where we were like in totally sync. <laughs> in sync. And like through our marriage, like it's not not because we're just soulmates, like we work our tails off at our mm -hmm. marriage yep. and communication. And early on, we would, I would say like, okay, she does, she knows I'm not a mind reader. Like <laughs> I have to, I have to express my expectations to her. She has to ex express hers to me. But when she first came on full time, it was like, oh yeah, I need in the business, I need to express my expectations. I need to tell her what I'm thinking. I can't just assume she knows to make that Instagram post or assume whatever needed to be taken care of that yeah. one of us was doing it when we weren't because we didn't have that communication down. And so, but it's just made us level up to like just a, a whole nother level. And how long have you guys been married? Fif 15. We just celebrated 15 years. Congratulations. Thanks. What? has been the biggest challenge you you mentioned communication has that been the uh or setting expectations has that been the biggest challenge of jumping from a marriage to business partners or is there another aspect um that that's tough is telling you know i think one thing that could come up is like that's a bad idea right like you might have to look at the other person and go i don't think that's a good idea or i don't want to do that yeah. Or convince me because I don't, and it's hard to look at somebody that you love and be like, but over here, I don't like that. Right. right. Um, I think that side of things, we had that down really mm -hmm. good from a communication standpoint. And she has done, she does an awesome job of reining me in because mm -hmm. I have shiny object syndrome from time <laughs> to time. And it's like, we should do this. We should do that. And, da -da -da -da. Yeah. and then she's like, I love you, baby. <laughs> and you're awesome. Um, she doesn't ever say like, I love you, but we hate that. Yeah, but it's I like, she'll sit, she'll be like, let's think about it this way. Or maybe, maybe we should focus on just this rather than I was like, all I feel like things. it's all about the communication of how you say it. So like, even mm. if you don't necessarily, and I've been prone to like, I quickly, I'm more of the, how are we going to figure it out? Kind of. So sometimes like his grandioso idea is awesome, but my mind goes to, oh my gosh, like, how are we going to do this? Like we're already doing 8 million other things. And so I had to learn just to like take his idea in and be okay, like sitting on it for a minute, mm -hmm. um, not to take his, because sometimes I feel like I deflated his balloon because he'd tell me this great idea. And then I'm like, oh, I don't know, we can do that. And so I was like, oh, that's a great idea. And then I kind of let it sit for a couple of days. And then afterwards, like, then we can have a good conversation, like, hey, I think that's a great idea. Like maybe in the future, and it truly is great ideas. It's just maybe not right now or, or whatever, but I feel like as a business partner and a husband and a wife, it's just a reaction. It's like, it's okay not to say, like just to be happy for the moment, if that makes sense. And mm -hmm. not have to have your natural reaction of overwhelmness, which is to, like, I have to watch that on myself. Is like yeah. overwhelmed pretty easy, so. You guys do a Marriage Monday on Instagram and, and you also have it in your newsletter. What inspired you guys to do that as part of your business, essentially? That would probably go all the way back to the beginning of our marriage. <laughs> okay. And uh, when we first got married, if you can't tell, we're rather fond of each other. Yeah. Like, yeah. She's, she's literally my best friend in the world. And so many people honestly crapped on our marriage. And they, they were like, well, you're just newlyweds. You're mm. in the honeymoon stage. And 
I think that kind of fueled my fire of like, I'll show you, buddy. Yeah. And so like, there was definitely a little bit of pride in that of like, well, you're, I'm sorry that you're so old and crotchety and your life hasn't gone the way, but we're going to have an awesome marriage. Yeah. And it really made me think a lot about like, what's the purpose of our marriage? Mm-hmm. And if our marriage is a reflection of our relationship with Jesus, for the rest of our lives, for the rest of eternity, we get to fall deeper in love with Jesus and get to know him more intimately for for all eternity. And if our marriage is supposed to reflect that reality, then five years after, after being married, you should be more in love with your spouse. 10 years, and I can confidently say 15 years later, yep. I am more head over heels in love with this woman, not because... We just are infatuated, but we've worked on it because this is a reflection of what our relationship with God should be like. And so, but you have to work at it and mm-hmm. pour into it. So that I think that's kind of like a little bit of the background of our marriage. And then two years ago, when I decided to be fully in Swire Naturals and kind of take more over our social media, one, I like alliterations. I'm a very big, like I love, <laughs> so just that's a sign up. I love alliterations. But I just kept looking at, uh, post of friends and other people. And it was just always like, oh, another year, happy anniversary we made. And it just seems so sad. And <sighs> I, I was know. just like, I'm so tired of marriages and relationships looking like you literally are just like pulling teeth to have to stay together. Yeah. And that annoyed me after a while. So I was like, you know what? We do have an awesome marriage. We're going to throw this in and we're going to start doing a marriage Monday. Because at the end of the day, as Alex and I say, like, it's not just for us, like everybody can work at their marriage, their relationship, and they can have an awesome one mm-hmm. if they want. It's not just secret formula just for us. Right. And so we're big on like, well, how can we give small? I'm like, how can I give you a small bite-sized thing of something you can do or have a good conversation with your spouse and talk about that topic? Mm. And so that's kind of where Marriage Monday came from. And we've actually had people say, you know, you probably shouldn't do that because you're going to lose followers because some people don't think that that's part of your business. And our whole thing is it's healthy. Like it's healthy yeah. eating, healthy skincare, healthy relationships. Like we are a whole being. So we have to have healthiness all the way around. So much of the marriage advice is relational advice. Like mm-hmm. if it works well for your marriage, it'll probably work well in your work relationships, your friendships, your family relationships. Like so many of the things that either one of us share, it's like, oh man, I need to really implement that at work or I need to implement that with my family in yeah. some some way. So I love it. And I love that you guys incorporate it into your business because we live in a culture that's just like, well, if this person isn't making you happy, dump them and move on. Don't look at yourself. Like <laughs> right. <laughs> this is your third or fourth failed relationship. It's but it's not you. It's like the they person. weren't like <laughs> good enough for you. They didn't meet all your needs or and then, you know, there's extremes on both sides, right? Like people sure. who stay in things that are super toxic and unhealthy. Right. That's also the importance of showcasing something that is healthy and not toxic. Culturally, for years, it's been follow your heart, follow your heart, do whatever. If it feels good, do it. And I'm a firm believer that love is a choice Mm. and it's not a feeling. The feelings are awesome, but a lot of the times feelings will follow the choice that Laura woke up the other day and she she conf- she she didn't confess. She told me later in the day, like she was having a she was slap happy and just I had the giggles all day. She had the giggles <laughs> all day. And she told me later on, like, I didn't sleep good and I woke up grumpy and I said, I'm gonna choose to have a joyous day. Hmm. And all day she was just we were laughing and having an awesome day, but she chose to not be led by her feelings. She chose joy and happiness and love. And then the feelings started following that. But we live in this, oh, I don't feel like it, so I'm not going to do it. And like you said, relationships take work. Mm -hmm. And you put the work in, a lot of you reap what you sow. Yeah. No, I I don't definitely don't change that out of your business model and whoever's telling you to pull it out. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> I was like, we're not going to change it. So, and we're authentic and people are always like, is that you? I'm like, that's us a hundred percent. So what you see on social media is totally 
us. And yeah, like you said, like there's extremes. So I always say, hey, if you need counseling, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Seek it out. If you can't figure out how to communicate, go seek it. That's okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll confess right now, like there's a lot that I have to work on. I need to be better at communicating and not just like shutting down when I, well, I don't want to like give you my negative energy because I'm mad about something. Right. That That's not good. I need to say, I'll talk to you later about it because I'm not the way I'm going to say it right now is not helpful to anybody, right? Right. But we don't so communicate I like think, that. I think that's a wise thing to know yourself as well, to say, hey, I need space or I'm I'm, I'm not mad, but I'm mad. But like, let me just have a, instead of, like you said, just shutting down, slamming a door and closing it. And then there's this whole like, well, what is going on all of a sudden? Yeah. I mean, I think about, uh, I realize that we like we stood out with our marriage from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Um and I remember out being at work, I worked in an office building in Ohio and everyone started complaining about their spouse, everybody, relation, mm-hmm. you know, whatever relationship they were in, they complained about everyone. And they, they were like, Laura, and I'm like, no. And they're like, we know, Laura, you love your husband. We already know, like, <laughs> we got it. And I was like, well, and so I just think that that's, like you said, like, there's some people spreading negative stuff, like, yeah. we're going to be the difference because we are different and we're okay with it. I love that. And where you spend where you spend your time focusing mm-hmm. that's where that's where things grow if all you think about is all the if you just knit there are plenty of things that Laura could nitpick about me that could drive her up a wall but like she chooses to focus on mm-hmm. the good qualities and because of that it's like I'm I bloom into a beautiful flower <laughs> right it's true what would be one or two top things that if you were giving a marriage tip, what would be the top two for you guys? You go first. You first. <laughs> I would say like number one in marriage is to be selfless mm. because we grow up in a culture where we're selfish like we talked about. It's all about me. How am I feeling? Do I like this chair? Do I like the room temperature? Do I? And it's very much feed me, feed me, feed me. And you go into marriage and you're like, well, can you make me happy? Can you satisfy every need? Am I always like... And you're so focused on yourself that that's what's so toxic in a relationship, whatever relationship it is, but definitely in a marriage. And so my big thing is, is when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, okay, today I get to love Alex and that's an awesome thing. And I get to not always, and I'm not saying to be terrible to yourself and put yourself in a corner, that's silly. Don't take it that extreme. But it's just saying my feelings, like I want his best today. And then usually mine will follow, that's fine but I want the best for him. So I'm going to focus on him and not so much on myself. That's good stuff. Babe. And if he's doing the same thing, then both your needs are being met. Like, <laughs> right. that's right. amazing how that, how that works. works. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, there's so many, so, so many things. Something Laura was saying the other day was, uh, how did you say it? When, when your spouse says something like off the cuff if they say something like and maybe they're having a bad day and they say something snippy to you pause and think what what is their intention how does laura truly feel about me because i know that laura loves me unconditionally and in the heat of business or this or that stuff's going to happen. Like you're going to have, like, we're not perfect. Like there's going to be things said. And if you can think about like how your spouse actually feels and no, and not hold that against them, it can de-escalate so many things. Laura and I never fight because when one of us is kind of amped up the other day, we were working on something and I was getting fired up and she knew I was fired up. And I had to apologize. Like, I'm sorry if I was short with you. I was not mad at you. She could have easily been like, I can't believe that you you were short with me or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, but she knows how, how what my heart I literally is said, towards her. Yeah, I yeah. get it. I was like, you were upset at the situation. I knew you weren't upset at me. Yeah. Like, I knew it. And so if we can just take a moment to like kind of step back from these these situations sometimes we need to take a step back and address them later on when things are are de-escalated and be like, hey, when you said that, that really hurt my feelings or is there something behind that? And to hash out some things, you don't just throw it in the closet and never talk about it. But a lot of the times it's just, hey, can I just de-escalate this so we don't get on the crazy cycle and stay on it all day long? Yeah. 
there's so much um, in our culture around relationships and relationship advice and dating advice and, and all these things that probably have changed since we were growing up where we didn't have like the social media to look at or like dating apps weren't a thing. And what, so I'm, so I'm kind of curious and it, it, you guys have been together for 15 years, so it's, it's been a minute, but what dating advice do you have for people? Because I think that's more so of like people that I know that are dating and, and, and struggling. I always say like, man, if you're a couple months in and you're telling me something negative about the person <laughs> or like your fight that you got in a fight. Like what? You've only been together three months. How's that? You're still like, in the honeymoon phase, <laughs> <thing>, right? <laughs> what, what is there to fight? Like how well do you even know each other to be fighting about something? So what, I guess maybe one, what, what is your opinion on the current culture around dating and like, why are we fighting three months in some people and what advice would you have for people that are, that are dating? Well, one, I'm glad I'm not dating. So I <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I think it's a, it's a, yeah, we didn't get married till I'm mid 20s. So I'm thankful that, uh, that I'm not. I, I told her if she ever leaves me, I'm just following her. He's like, we both pugs. We have two That's pugs. Right. So yeah. But I think that my biggest thing and what I actually share a lot of times is just not to settle. I think, so. and I get it that like at the moment you're lonely. And so, yeah. I totally understand that. And you think this person's better than nothing. But the problem, like you said, is if you're three months in and you're already negative or not enjoying one another, like that's going to go nowhere. If it goes somewhere, it's going to be bad. Mm -hmm. And so my big thing is just don't settle just because you're lonely. Mm -hmm. I know that's hard and it's not, I'm, just, I'm not saying advice is easy, but that's my biggest. That's yeah. to piggyback on that. Your future spouse is not it is not their job to make you happy. Mm. And I think we're caught up in a culture, a time where it's like, well, if I just find the right person, then I'll be happy. And it's like the measure, the finish line keeps getting pushed back. And it's mm. like, well, if I get the perfect wedding, if this or that, and it's, it, it, you, that's not their job. Right. You need to first be content in yourself and then not settle. Mm -hmm. And I think that those two things are, are huge. And if you can have a friendship too. Like we were actually mm -hmm. friends before we started dating. Yeah. So it took all the like pressure of like trying to be on your best behavior at all times and you got to know each other that real way. Yeah. And so I think if there, it's possible for you to just get to know somebody more as a friend and then if feelings develop, then that's cool. But takes the pressure out of it too. yeah friendship is like i and we're still best friends like, yeah <laughs> like she's literally my best friend like yeah we many times like after a hard day i'm like i don't like people i just want to spend it <laughs> yeah. spend time with you yeah <laughs> that's the coolest feeling when i feel myself getting frustrated because we're like passing ships in the night i'm like why am i frustrated like i'm a capable person i've lived alone a lot why, like, why am I getting frustrated? Like, why am I getting mad? And then I'm like, oh, that's because that's my best friend that I'm not getting to hang out with. And it's it's the same thing of if I don't see some of my best friends for a long stretch of time, I'm like, what's this itch I have to just be with this person and like be in their presence instead of talk to them on the phone or Zoom? It's that same thing of, oh, I'm missing that energy exchange. The sheeper connection. Yeah, with that person that is my best friend. And that's right. such a cool thing. Like, Absolutely. Really, like if you can have your best friend in your house all the time. and We got like, the first like year of marriage we got no sleep because we were just like lay in bed talking all night long and it was like, like yeah. yeah it was awesome <laughs> yeah um one thing that i did just think of don't as back to your question on dating advice don't go into any relationship thinking you're going to change that person mm. that's something that we see all the time and the flip side of that is be okay with your person changing because mm. mm -hmm. we are changeable people. I am not the same man that Laura married. I'd like to think I'm a better man than I was when we first got married. Yeah. But like, we didn't have a skincare business. We didn't have goats or chickens. No. But yeah, we have all those things now. Interests change, people change, and that's okay. That's good. So be, don't go into a relationship thinking you're going to just change that person and mold them into your perfect person. 
and also be okay if they change in and evolve into a different person. Mm-hmm. Like I said, better or just different interests. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously not worse. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys for letting me kind of go down that rabbit hole with you. Um, I know, obviously, we're here to talk about your products, but I think that part of your business is part of why people trust the product, too. And it's unique. I ask business owners what separates you from the competition or somebody else doing the same thing that, you know, unbeknownst to you maybe has the same recipe. Like, what's the what's different, right? right? Is it the branding? Is it the customer service? Is it like, do you have some, you know, thing that you do? And I think part of what, what you guys have is this like really authentic, transparent conversation around marriage and relationships that that's like a value add to your natural product, whether you realize that or not. We it's like, like so. yeah, Thanks. Um, so I'm glad we could kind of bring that into the conversation. I have another like one more question to ask you guys. But before I get there, is there anything we missed about your products besides I want you to tell us where we can buy them and get them from? But is there anything else we missed covering about what you produce um, that I didn't ask you earlier that you want to convey? Well, one of our newest products that we're super excited about, literally just came out and it gets sold out every farmer's market. We can't keep it on the shelf is our tallow eye cream. Oh, And uh, it was actually came through because one of our customers, again, we love our customers. They come and ask us all the time if we can do more things. And so they kept asking us for this tallow eye cream. And so um, tallow, what's awesome about that, which I just recently learned is it's the closest thing to collagen that mimics oh. our collagen. And so it replaces it rather than like a Botox or something like that. And so I just like, I'm so impressed with Alex. Again, people come to him with ideas. He goes into does all this research and figures it out and comes out with this amazing product. And so that's just a new product that literally just came out and we're really excited about Yeah, that it's uh, when people were first telling me like, you need to have a tallow product, you need to have a tallow product. I'm like, okay. And so it's like, I'm not going to just, like jump right into this like so i did a lot of research on it and then every time i, I would look i would read something i'd be like laura look at this this is awesome we're definitely making a tallow <laughs> yeah. product and so it's that's that's become like my my new most favorite product for sure and it's it's been a game changer and like she said it's been it's a pain in the butt to make but mm-hmm. it's so worthwhile and we're going to continue to make it because it it literally sells out every traveler's restaurant yeah. market. We can't keep it on the shelf. Yeah. So get there early, everybody, if you want <laughs> veggies and the eye and the right. eye syrup. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Come see them at Traveler's Rest Farmers Market or visit them online and I'll make sure I link to your shop. Um Sawyernaturals.com, baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the last question I want to ask you guys, and you can either answer it together or separately. If and this is something that I ask all my guests, if you could sit down with anyone and have a conversation like we had today, living or dead, who would you guys want to sit down with? And again, if you want to answer separate or as a couple, did you change yours? (laughs) I love this question. Um, (laughs) We've been thinking about this all day, actually. Go ahead with yours first. No, you. Well, I have two. Okay. First one, we're. I mean, we both have the same. Uh, We both lost our fathers, and Mm. so. For me, my dad, unfortunately, his last couple of years of life, he had dementia. Mm. And so he was actually a bakery owner. So there was a family business for 92 years. Wow. And I loved working in it, but I never asked him the business side of things. And so it's like, I wish I could now ask him like, hey, you ran a business. Like, tell me all the ins and outs. How did you make it through every season? So, and I miss him and I wish he would be able to celebrate everything that we're doing. And so- Love that. And then the living person, not that I have to answer more than one, but uh, I was just sharing this with Alex earlier. A lot of people love Tim Tebow, which I do as well. He's a famous player, obviously, Mm -hmm. but his dad is actually somebody I would love to meet. Um, Tim Tebow talks about him in a lot of podcasts about uh, just the man that he raised. Um, His Mm -hmm. dad was big on, uh, obviously, Tim Tebow is huge in sports, and he raised his kids that they weren't allowed to speak about their sports acclimated like their awards unless they were asked and so they made it very much like you're not a big deal Mm -hmm. in a good humbling way to raise your kids with that authenticness and um, he just had gone on a missions trip I don't know how many years ago and he called Tim Tebow in the middle of the night and said Tim I I purchased three girls and he's like what and he said that he was at this place and unfortunately with the trafficking going on these girls and he bought them so that he could protect them and so then Tim Tebow now is a part of that and I just think Man, a man who will step up in conviction no matter what, like, he's definitely somebody I want to meet. Yeah. 
Fascinating. Yeah, like you, wow. you hear like the Tim Tebow has always like been somewhat like we read his biography years ago and like I've I paid attention to his career and just his outspokenness and just all the great things that he does. Like uh, what's the thing he does in February every year? Yeah, he has a February Valentine's Day ball and it's for mm-hmm. kids with special needs. And it's all over the world and he does a ball for them. And then it's just this amazing event that they all dress up and he crowns each one prince and princesses so that they know that they were created with purpose, even though the world might not necessarily look at them that way with their special needs. Mm. And we we both talked about how it'd be cool to meet Tim, but Tim's the man because of his father and, and his mother. His mother's incredible too. Yeah, like, I'd love to I'd, I'd love to family. I'd love to meet the Tim Tebow family just yeah. like the values that they've that they've poured into their kids uh and just their yeah when you told me that story about about the human trafficking and him just stepping up and it's like that's that's awesome yeah and then like Laura said I lost my dad years ago and he was my best friend mm-hmm. and it seems like a cheap answer like I could talk yeah. to anybody but man I would love to just love to sit down with my dad and and yeah hang out and catch up and like i know he would be proud of everything we've accomplished Mm -hmm. but he was always kind of the voice of reason he didn't always have all the answers but you could come to him with any problem and he was so good at listening and making you feel better and making you feel better (laughs) even though he might not have any like idea of how to fix the situation once you got off the phone it's like i feel a lot better because yeah. Because Mark Markle Sparkle was uh <laughs> he was a great, listen, great man. Yeah. Yeah. I miss his stories. Like he 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 could be on your podcast for hours because he <laughs> could he could uh spin a tail for sure. Yeah. That is so cool. Thank you guys so much for taking time out of your busy schedules and coming over and, and being a part of the podcast. I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate the the way this conversation went today because it's so different than anything we featured. So I really appreciate that. Thank you guys so much. Thank, thank you. Thank you. This is awesome. Yeah. This is this is fun. We thought about like getting into podcasting ourselves. I'm like, we could do this too. Like, <laughs> But you're awesome. You're great. This, so thank you. Thank awesome. you so much. This is awesome. Well, when you guys are ready, let me know. I'll, get, I'll tell you every little trick I've learned so far. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Awesome. Thank you for being a listener of Conversation Mill. The podcast is growing, but we need your continued support in the form of comments, likes, and subscriptions. If you've enjoyed even one episode, Please take two minutes to comment under the episode or the podcast itself, or rate the podcast. Hitting the subscribe button wherever you listen to the podcast helps tremendously. Every like and subscribe helps me support local businesses and local nonprofits by giving them a platform to tell their stories. Together, we can foster the understanding, diversity, and economies that make our individual communities flourish while creating our own community here at Conversation Mill. Also, you can join us at conversationmill.substack.com, where you can become a member and receive weekly member-only content, including member-only episodes. I look forward to sharing a new conversation with you next week. And as always, thank you for your support.